This Week in the 90s Podcast. Hey, everybody. Uh, this Week in the 90s Pod. It's episode 11. Um, here's what I was trying to do. So, uh, Sorry, I'm so distracted by Maverick eating in the background. It's- I guess as long as he takes his, what, knee medication or whatever it is. <laughs> Then who cares when he eats? It's his joints medication. Joints. Well, he is, what is it? Is it seven years for dogs? Yes, so he's almost eight. So he's 56. He's in his 50s. (laughs) Maverick, you should be thinking about retirement. Can I introduce you to my financial guy? Uh, He just doesn't want to be left out. Okay, so. You were saying that you were looking So here's what we're doing Uh, I'm going to do 1997. Oh. So October 11th to the 17th, 1997. Now, here's what I was doing last second because I just thought of it while I was in the bathroom. <laughs> this is where you do all your best thinking. I do all my best thinking. Um, 1997 would have been my senior year of high school, which means in the fall, huh, cha-ching, this guy was your starting quarterback for Thorne Academy <laughs> uh, Golden Trojans. And okay. obviously that week I must have done something awesome on the you football field. You were looking field. up your own record? So I was looking up, oh no, I was super mediocre at high school football. Uh, I only started for one year. Look, if I would have got a second year starting, I would have been so sick the second year. <laughs> Here, uh-huh. Here's my problem when it came to high school football. And this is how stupid 17-year-olds are. Including yourself. Especially myself. Um, I did not uh, work out. Uh, work out <laughs> or watch film or uh-huh. do any of that stuff. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So I'm not shocked by that because well, what, what do you mean? I work out all the time. Yeah, but now, like, yeah, but watching film, studying for something like, I don't know. I don't see it. Wait, this is, this is why I say that. Thank you for the vote of confidence. <laughs> I say super, that because super, like you literally started looking something up right before our podcast and we're finishing all your writing. So like the idea of you being super prepared for a football game. No, no. Uh, my nickname for myself is Jerry West. I'm Mr. Clutch. Okay. You nicknamed yourself that. Well, I always come up big when it matters, uh, you know, based for on one year in high school, based on just, just in anything like <laughs> If I had a test coming up, boom, I was going to nail it. I was going to cram the night before and ace it. Okay. Like, you know, I just come up big when things matter. Uh, lack of production, lack of preparation. <laughs> of course, my own fault. No, you do everything at the very last second. I do everything second. at the very last second. Senior year of college, uh, one class, History 401, the only grade in the class for the entire year was a paper, 30 pages. That was, uh, it was American Political Scandal was the name of the class. Uh, my professor, we talked about this earlier, professor is making you buy their own books. One of the books a guy in the class checked out for his scandal was written by our professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chose to do the Iran-Contra affair, <laughs> had the entire semester to write the 30-page paper. When do you think I wrote it? The night before. The night before. 30 pages. Boom. B. <laughs> Take it to the bank. Mr. Clutch. What's up? I spent the whole night in the computer lab. I left for 30 minutes to go home and eat some soup and lay down and rest. And then I went back to the lab and finished. Yeah. Finished at like 9.30. Class was at 10. Oh, amazing. See, I would call you Mr. Clutch because I'm the boss of you and you have to hold my purse. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I hope we edit that clip out and use it as a promo. That's, so that's a funny. sick burn. Oh, that's so funny. I can give myself a nickname too, but I never have. Well, do something that's nickname worthy. I have plenty of nicknames. What, Miss Runner Up? <laughs> Miss Runner Up? For what? Roast Battle and other stuff where <laughs> you came in second. I'm number two. Yeah, yeah, I'm number two. Didn't we have a number two party? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, congratulations. Yes, um, you're number two. So my point was is that I was trying to see, this is 1997, so super pre- mega internet everywhere Mm -hmm. i was trying to see what our game was that week for high school football just to see how i did uh thinking back it would have been the week before the battle of the bridge probably a game that we lost 41 to 7 which is your rivalry yeah the rivalry we used to have with bitterford they across the river it was uh voted one of the 10 biggest high school robberies by sports illustrated it's awesome (laughs) it was that was in 1994 we celebrated the 100 years okay anyway (laughs) Uh, we got smoked in that game, forty-one to seven. Yeah. Um, 
Because you were quarterback. I was the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Our one, our seven points, I did throw the touchdown. Just thought I'd point that out. Oh, but, uh, very prepared. Also, a guy on the other team also had a one-handed interception against me, so that's cool. Uh, he was prepared. <laughs> he knew where you were going to throw it. He, he watched the tape. <laughs> no. He he got drafted by Major League, so he was a really good athlete. And then played, played the University of Maine. I did not. Uh-huh. My point was that I was trying <laughs> to see if there was something cool that I did the week before in high school football, but alas, I can't find it. Oh God, that means it must not have happened. That was my thought. It's I actually, I down. actually can't even remember who we played. To be honest, I, in all honesty, so much honesty just coming out of the yes, microphone. Right like now. Finally, I thought, <laughs> I thought maybe it was the week I threw a game-winning touchdown in overtime, and I was just gonna really milk it. Uh huh. And after I threw the touchdown, I took my helmet off like Brett Favre and I ran around the field. And by the way, we were on the road. It wasn't even our home. It wasn't even our home field. <laughs> and then one of the guys headbutted me and I didn't have my helmet on. Great. Yeah. So that was fun. That's probably where all this comes from. Um, <laughs> okay. It's I episode know. 11. Week in the 90s pod. Chris Brockman. Sarah Tiana. Hey, what's happening? Hey. Not much. Hey, I we're mean, taping this Monday night. We're going to get to my week in a second. Uh, if you listen to that whole big bullshit about my high school gory days, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm doing 1997. Congrats. You're now another year older. <laughs> I'm doing 1997. Not nice. I'm in a very good mood right now. You're in a very good mood right now. So I want to talk about this. Braves just beat the Dodgers game one. If you're listening to this on Tuesday morning. Yeah. Thank you for being such a huge fan. <laughs> Uh, but if you're catching up, we'll see how this series plays out. But the Braves were up one nothing, five one. A couple of home runs. Azuna had a rib. How are you feeling right now? Oh man, I feel so great. I feel so great. It was such a good game. Like regardless, I just I'm I'm glad that we're hanging toe to toe with the Dodgers. You know, because like obviously everyone's picking the Dodgers to win. Yep. The Dodgers have the one of the highest, the second highest payroll in baseball. Yep. They should be winning based on just what who they supposedly are on paper. But, you know, what a what a what a Billy Bean always said, you know, you can't you can't you can't predict heart. Yeah. No, so some things are you can't it, buy heart. Some things are you can't predict heart. Yeah. You can't measure it. And our team has a lot of that. And they're so fun. I'm very excited to watch Ian Anderson uh, play next pitch tomorrow night. It's the first time his parents have watched him pitch a game in a year and a half. It's the first time he, there's going to be 11,000 fans there and it will be the most fans he's ever pitched in front of. So that's incredible. It's a very exciting time. That's so crazy. So us taking game one is, is huge for us. And, you know, I'm wearing the same outfit that I wear. Yeah. I've so worn. you, you have worn the same outfit since when, when did you first game one throw against this on? the Reds? So game one, first, first yeah. go wild card. Yeah. So this is the sixth time I've worn this <laughs> and you guys are Five and one. We haven't lost yet. Two haven't lost yet. No, we you won both lost. games against yeah. the Reds and then all three against the. Yeah, oh, that's so we're true. Six and oh. You had four out of five shutouts. And then tonight you gave up the one run. Mm-hmm. Kike Hernandez hit a home, so we've hit a home given run. Up, um, you've given up like two runs in, in six games. In six games. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Super nervous. When was the last time you felt this excited about the Braves? 2001. You know, last time we went to the NLCS, you know, I really thought uh, even I think 1999 maybe was the last time I felt this excited because I was actually there for those games when I was I was working for the Braves that year. So that was pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, you know, and then tonight to hear John Smoltz calling the game, I think the last time time I watched the NLC, we made it to the NLCS. He was pitching for us. I think he might have been relieving. Uh, he might have been Good a reliever question. in 2001. I'm not even sure, but it's such a cool full circle moment, and uh, it was really fun to watch. This team is so fun. You just cannot count them out. Like, we are so good in the ninth inning. We're really good in the seventh. We're really good in the eighth, and we will murder you in the ninth. Like, if you loved me as much as the Braves love the ninth inning, <laughs> we'd probably have two kids. Oh, man. Thank but goodness don't. I don't love you that much. <laughs> So anyway, uh, yeah, Smoltz had just come back, played half the season, and was just starting to be a reliever. Uh, he saved ten games that year, and then the next three years, he was lights out: fifty-five saves, forty-five, great. forty-four. Yeah, the year big after, time. But, yeah, great saver. So, uh, yeah, so big, amazing, big night. So you're you, pumped. 
Yeah, you won your fantasy. I won my fantasy. Oh, my gosh. Came down to the wire. I needed 13 points from my kicker, which, you know, you don't really count on (laughs) in fantasy. But uh, 50-yard field goal, 40-yard field goal, extra point. You had Will Lutz, the New Orleans kicker. I had Will Lutz, the Saints kicker. And And uh, that that game went to overtime. And thankfully, Drew Brees can't throw it further than four yards. Yeah. So uh, third down in the red zone, went incomplete. Boom, field goal, game time. Your boy, 5-0, first place in the raffle. <laughs> What's up? Although, I'm definitely going to lose our matchup in the Comedy Store League. Yes, so you and I are playing each other against each other in fantasy yeah, so I joined for the first this time league. ever. Yeah, I joined this league uh, late. And As so a I'm, favor I'm to me because guy. somebody dropped out of the Comedy Store League. Yep. We needed somebody. There were a lot of comics that we did not want to ask. A lot of comics that you can't ask anymore because they're not even allowed to be at the comedy store. And, <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I was like, I bet Chris will do it. You know, like he's yeah. got time. He's always on his phone. And then uh, very true. he said yes. And so now you and I are playing against yeah, each other. Yeah, so my team is was... dog shit. Yeah, so I got my first win last week by like a fraction of a point over mm-hmm. Jason Tebow. And uh, so I'm in eighth place. Are, yeah. are you two and what are you two? Oh and two? yeah, I'm like right in the middle. Like yeah. I think I'm probably. So like I, I took a ton of heat because I took uh, Derek Henry. I took first Derek Henry over instead like, of Zeke. Like second, like third overall instead of Zeke. But uh, so anyway, I have Derek Henry left, and I'm down by like 25. So and the loser has to wash all the bottles. Yeah, for wash the baby all the for baby an entire week for the rest of the week. Oh, it's gonna be so great not to have to wash a baby bottle for a week. That's I can't wait so until Derrick Henry has like twenty three <laughs> points with yeah. two minutes to go in the fourth quarter tomorrow. I know. Everyone that's listening to this, just Buffalo. know my pain if you see Derrick Henry scoring. I mean, look, everything's been coming up you lately, um, so not gonna be surprised if you win. <laughs> I will pre congratulate you right now. Uh, another thing that came up uh, a win for you because I know you've been uh, pining for this for quite some time. Uh, your Falcons. Yes, Clean, cleaned house, fired Dan Quinn, fired Thomas Dimitrov, the general manager, which is a personal friend of the show. We love yeah, having him on I the show. He's a great guy, but uh, Dan Quinn kind of had to go after another loss. I'm more on upset Sunday. that they didn't fire Dirk Cutter. I'm like, would I think they should have fired him first, and then had Dan Quinn help him pack his bags, <laughs> and then escort <laughs> him out, him. and then they Uber <laughs> pool home. Town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, oh, Dimitrov, I wasn't. Uh, you know, as big on, but like, fine, whatever. We just need a clean house. So yeah. anyway, uh, let's talk about 1997. Okay. 1997, October 11th to the 17th. Gotta say the fall, like nothing happens during the fall. No. Yeah. When it's I was been, researching uh, my week, it's su- a very it, slow week. It's super slim pickings. I, I, I just deleted what? all the stuff that was going on through the other weeks throughout the decade. Um, so I settled on a few things. Not a lot of stuff happens in October, I guess, unless there's an election. Like there's also there's always a World Series. So yeah, the World like, Series is always going that, on. But that's like sometimes it's kind of overblown. Like we already know a lot about that. So yeah. So this fun. this year, you know, if you bring that up, um, Marlins beat the Braves in the NLCS that year, mm-hmm. and then the Indians went to the World Series, and of course the Marlins and Indians had an amazing World Series in 1997. Uh, that the Indians were ahead, should have won. Jose Mesa blew it. Marlins, this new hotshot franchise, win the World Series in 1997. But uh, not going to talk about that because the Braves <laughs> lost, so I didn't want to bring that up. Uh, I'm going to start. I'm just going to go chronologically right in order. Great. Um, October 12th, kind of sad. Uh, John Denver passed away. Oh, my gosh. John Denver. So he died. I had forgotten this. Yeah. Uh, he died really tragically. He in died in a plane, plane crash. crash. Yeah. yeah. I remember. So he was flying uh, this experimental plane uh, and he crashed into Monterey Bay up in Northern California. It was Monterey. I didn't even remember. Yeah. That. So uh, he, according to the article, he was making a series of touch and go landings at the Monterey Peninsula Airport. Uh, he was the only one in the airplane. Uh, it was so bad. Uh, they couldn't even use dental records oh, to God. identify him. They had to use fingerprints um and now it's not like this guy was just like oh i'm super rich and i got a plane i'm screwing around like this guy was a super experienced pilot john denver so uh, he, the, the so folk john singer. Ben- denver is not full of shit 
No, John Denver was not full of shit when it came to flying. Almost uh, 2,700 hours of flight experience. Like this wow. guy flew a lot. Uh, pilot ratings for all kinds of different types of planes. Uh, had a Learjet and just got one of these long, easy aircrafts. Um, however, what is kind of messed up, he wasn't legally allowed to fly at the time. John Denver, as he got older, had a ton of DUIs. Shut up. Like, loved to drink and drive, John Denver. And so his pilot's license uh, was suspended at the time. And uh, Because of drinking? So he was like a real pilot. Like, most pilots he was drink. A, so he was like, I'm an I'm gonna even better pilot, yeah. so I'm going to drink more. I'm a, yeah, exactly. He was like Denzel in flight. <laughs> like, he needed a John Goodman to, like, level him off, you know? And so, uh, yeah, before, a year before the accident... Uh, the FAA learned that Denver had failed to maintain sobriety um, and revoked his medical certification for flight. However, the flight was not alcohol-induced, but he just was legally not allowed to be flying at the time. So but how do they know it wasn't alcoholic-like? If there's no dental records, how do they know he yeah, was the, uh, they did. They, they, I mean, they were able to do an autopsy. There was enough of his body, like his head kind of blunt force trauma with the head because he nosedive crashed. Oh, and man. so there was enough of his body to do an autopsy, no sign of alcohol or drugs. But he uh, was not legally allowed to fly because of all the DUIs Whoa. Yeah, he had gotten beforehand. Man. I know. Crazy. John Denver... Well, first of all, John Denver is very important to my family. Really? Uh, my dad is a huge John Denver fan. We listened to him my whole life growing up. And that was the record that my dad would put on Christmas morning when we were opening presents. Oh, wow. And the very first song he would put on was, Please, Daddy, Don't Get Drunk This Christmas. <laughs> My dad, we all thought that song was so funny. And my dad. Because your dad. Loves, loves to drink. Loves to drink, yeah. Just like John Denver could have been. Well, I didn't realize John ben Denver was a Was that, uh, was that, loser. hold on. Was that Rocky Mountain Christmas? Was that the. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Rocky, yeah. Like uh, had, Aspen Glow is on that I mean, that he might have had 20, 25 albums like this guy, John oh, Denver. so many John albums. Denver, huge, hugely yeah, famous yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. singer. Yeah. Uh, well, he was Rocky Top, right? Uh, uh, no, he is um, a West Rock, Rocky Mountain High, Colorado. Rocky Mountain, Rocky Mountain High. Oh, but Rocky Colorado. Top is not him. Oh, he might be Rocky Top too, actually. Rocky Top, Tennessee, because yeah. we just the Georgia just played Tennessee, and they love to play Rocky Top, and right. I'm always like, "Don't you disgrace John Denver?" Yeah, he's yeah he's Rocky Top too <laughs> by playing his songs. Like he was a winner, and you guys are a bunch of losers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But anyway, that's just a rivalry thing. But um, yeah, yeah, huge. I mean, we we listened to so much John Denver when I was growing up. But specifically that Christmas album, and I own that Christmas album because my dad. It's like such a fundamental part of our family at Christmas. I think I, I had know no every idea song on that album. Yeah, we right away. My dad would put it on record, and then once records were done, we had it on CD and cassette tape. Like, I think we had it on every Oh my goodness. Medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did Christmas specials. You oh, know? he like, did he tons. Did... He was movies. He did all the specials on the network. It's weird like... because I used to get him and John Ritter confused, ah, even though okay. I knew that they were like two different people. Like, they had two different names. I would always think, oh, John Ritter's just the character that John Denver plays. <laughs> That's funny, <laughs> which is really dumb. But they've also that, you know, John Ritter also died tragically young, you know? Yeah. So I guess like in my mind, it's just like kind of stamped that way. But yeah, John Denver. That's amazing. Yeah. John Denver, uh, you know, pretty synonymous with Colorado, um, honored by the state. They've lowered the flags to half mast in Colorado, Colorado when he was when he died. Um, I wonder what his drink of choice was. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could try to find that real quick. He was asked by uh, ABC Sports to write the theme for the Winter Olympics. Uh, <laughs> he wrote his first hit, Annie song, which uh -huh. he composed in 10 minutes as he sat on a Colorado ski lift after he and his first wife had an argument. <laughs> <laughs> Annie song. I wonder, I think the Counting Crows did a cover of that. Uh, That's pretty amazing, but yeah, I lived in Aspen. You know, it's he was kind of synonymous with that. Uh, so weird because Colorado you don't life. think of country music uh, singers uh, coming from Aspen. Mm, no, California. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he kind of relocated there, but yeah, I always just, I mean, obviously Rocky Mountain High and Dumb and Dumber. Dumb Those and are Dumber. like the two things you think about when you think about John Denver. John Denver's full of shit. Man. 
Rocky Mountains, my ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Aspen, mm, California. You know, like, yeah. Those are, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So John Denver passed away in 1997 on October 12th. Today, wow. today, actually, we're recording this on the 12th, but. Wow. Yeah. 1997. Crazy. Man, rest in peace. He was such a great, you know, but there's so many songs. I wonder if he, I'm sure he also wrote songs for other people, or I wonder if he just wrote all of his own songs and didn't, you know, because I mean, like, um, uh, who am I thinking? Lee Greenwood wrote a, a songs for tons of people. Right. But like, he's really only famous for one that he sang. Right, probably but being American. I think, yeah, I think a lot of songs that he wrote for other people are way more famous. But anyway, hmm. good job. There you That's go. Cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, moving along again, not that much, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought this was kind of interesting and strange. And it's like uh, Bill Simmons used to have a thing called the Tyson Zone. Like Mike Tyson is so insane. Anything you could say, just make Mad Lib, put a bunch of words together about something involving Mike Tyson, and you'd be like, yeah, that probably makes sense. <laughs> like when it, And when an athlete got so far off the rails and was so crazy making strange headlines, they entered the Tyson zone. Okay. Because they just got so – like Dennis Rodman, uh-huh. prime Tyson zone. Like Dennis Rodman, uh, like we watched during The Last Dance, um, just needed a break from playing basketball and needed a vacation to Las Vegas. And so him and – he went to Phil Jackson, remember, and said, hey, I need a no, vacation remember, to Vegas. Yeah. And Michael mm-hmm. Jordan was like, don't do it. Right. Like, that's a Tyson Zone activity. So, Who th- else is a Tyson Zone athlete? Like Deion Sanders? Or- um, it's more it's more like th- kind of the crazy, like Michael Irvin back in the day would have been a Tyson Zone athlete okay. just because like the, the cocaine and the mink coats and, and all in the White House, like those Cowboys teams back in the day and like. I'm trying to think right now who would be a tight like Yasiel Puig is probably a Tyson Zone athlete. <laughs> like we asked Yasiel Puig if you told me he drove Lamborghini shirtless through Los Angeles smoking Cubans on his way to the ballpark each day. You're like, oh, well, that's about right. That's kind of that's kind okay. of crazy. Like he's he's nuts. You know, he wore the sleeveless shirts during the Reds game a couple years ago. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, let's see think, who else. Like, I guess, like, I'm thinking like Trevor Bauer, but I like don't think Ron he's Artest. Ron Artest oh, yeah, Ron was Artest a would be, yeah, was a Tyson zone. So, Mike Tyson, uh, on this day, October 15th, 1997, mm-hmm. a New York jury awarded a boxer named Mitch Green $45,000 in a civil lawsuit against Mike Tyson for a street brawl they both had <laughs> against each other in 1988. Nine what? years earlier, <laughs> yeah. Why? Okay, so so here's uh here's the backstory here. So these guys uh fought each other once, and then took it to the streets. They were involved in a high profile street fight two years after they fought in the ring. But what? It wasn't a sanctioned street. Like, did they just run into no. each other? Yes. So here you go. So Tyson was heavyweight champ at the time, like 1988. October height of Iron yeah. Mike Tyson, 30-second knockouts and all that stuff. Uh, so on August 24th, 1998, this guy, Mitch Green, confront, confronted Mike Tyson at Dapper Dan's in Harlem. Some bar <laughs> Been Harlem, there. Huh? Claiming that Don King, who was the promoter mm-hmm. for Mike Tyson at the time, owed this guy Mitch money from their fight. Wait, so say that again. Mike Tyson. Okay, so Mike Tyson, the height of Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. These, these two guys fought. Two years earlier. Okay. Okay. Mike Tyson made, I think, like 250 grand for the fight, while this guy, Mitch, only made 30,000 just because, like, this guy was supposed to be just a punching bag for Mike, kind of on his way up. Now Mike was heavyweight champ, and this guy confronted Mike, like, saw him at this club in Harlem, Dapper Dan's, and was like, Yo, Don King owes you me money. And I'm sure Mike was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, you want to know two things I'm never going to do. Confront Mike Tyson, confront Mike Tyson <laughs> and go to a bar in Harlem. You know, those are like two things that are not on my bucket list. Not they're not. <laughs> not on my, no, oh, okay. no. I'll have to cross listening them off to John Smoltz call world, you know, NLCS race way up there, way up there. Confronting Mike Tyson <laughs> at a bar in Harlem. And no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> when Don King, who's like the shadiest boxing yeah. promoter of all time, uh, probably owes you yeah. money. If, like, if I, by the way, if I'm a man or a woman, <laughs> I'm not confronting Mike Tyson about nothing. Like, I don't doubt that 
this guy was owed money by Don King. Like I totally do. You think he believe was that. John Denver drunk when he when he confronted Mike Dyson, number one and number two at a bar and number three in Harlem. I totally believe that. I totally <laughs> I believe mean, that. How much? Okay. I just that that's a lot of confidence. Like that's a level of confidence I will never have. That's crazy confidence. That's so much like I mean that, you're you're a boxer, right? So you're already the alpha of alpha males to be a right. boxer. And you accepted a fight with Mike Tyson 2 years earlier. So you obviously are at a level of delusion where you think you can knock this guy out who's right. just leveling dudes in 30 seconds like we've never seen before. That would be like me going up to Neil deGrasse Tyson and being, being like, like, "Yo, let me tell you about me black just holes." Explain. <laughs> let me just explain why the earth is flat. Let me just explain it. <laughs> Hear me out, you know? Neil, I've got a theory you've Listen, never even thought I've had of. i three glasses of rosé. I'm feeling very lucid. We're at a bar in Manhattan. Not normally where I would confront no, you. No, no, Where, <laughs> Where does, obviously, Mike Tyson goes to bars in Harlem. Where does Neil deGrasse Tyson go to bars at in New York? Oh, in New York? Yeah. Oh, I would guess that Neil deGrasse Tyson... Goes to speakeasies. Yes. You know, behind, and maybe Soho. Uh, like behind barbershops and stuff like like, mm -hmm, where you, mm -hmm. like secret ones where you have to yes. go. Secret ones that everyone knows about. Right. And he's probably wearing a name tag that says, I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Because somehow the law of physics wouldn't allow us to know that he is the most obvious looking person, you know, like he's so obvious. Right. He has a very unique look. Yes. He has a very unique look. Yeah. He's, he's light skinned. He has a he mustache. He looks like right? a guy that folds his socks and like, a, you know, like puts them in co color coordinates them in a drawer. Neil deGrasse Tyson knows how to expertly fold a fold, a fitted sheet like yeah, on the like, first try. Yeah. He seems like the kind of guy that's like, he's, he has 15 aunties, you know what I mean? And they've all had a talking to with him <laughs> about how he needs to conduct himself in public. He's and really fun though. I he was on no, your he show was on recently, our show and he was and hilarious. I, yeah. I think he's hilarious. He's so charismatic and so fun and yeah. like and I feel comfortable making fun of him because he would never confront me in a bar and ask me to fight him. <laughs> so this guy Mitch Green goes up to Mike Tyson. Mitch Green is his name? His name is Mitch Green. He, is he black or white? Uh I I can tell you that in one second. Has a, the Mitch could be black. The green sounds very white. <laughs> Some little, little. No, Mitch Green is is very black. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. He's very not white. I didn't mean that to come off like right, like how it sounded. I'm just saying he's definitely black. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just a curious question. I, I, again. I'm just trying to that 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 steps up his level of confidence because in my mind he was white, so I'm like that's a whole new level of confidence, not only confronting Mike Tyson. What's funny when they fought two years earlier, this guy Mitch was actually ranked higher than Mike Tyson, mm -hmm. so he probably assumed that he was gonna beat this young <laughs> this young 19 year old Dumb kid named kid. Mike. Iron. So Mike. anyway, so two years later, again Mike made. An astronomical amount of money, uh -huh. eight times as much money as this guy Mitch did. So he saw Mike at this bar, Dapper mm -hmm. Dance, and said, yo, Don King owes me money. They then uh, took it to the street, uh, which it escalated into a physical confrontation. Mike landed a right hand across Green's face, completely shutting his left eye and opening a cut across his nose that required five stitches. Oh. Uh, Tyson, however, broke his hand during that punch. Oh, no. Which caused him to have a fight that he was uh, fighting later this month, October 97. Uh, oh, no, October 88, uh, to be moved and pushed back. So if he would have just given the guy $45,000, which he probably had, had on him. On him. Or, like, the keys to his car, which I'm sure he was driving, like, a Ferrari parked outside. Like, if he would have just gave that dude the car, he would have still had his, still had his fight. Yeah, not, not broken his not hand. Broken his not hand, pushed everything it, back. Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Mike Tyson, not the best at decisions. Right. So okay. they settled this civil suit nine years later. Can you imagine nine waiting years. nine years <laughs> to get your revenge on Mike Tyson? To get forty five. This grand? is where I'll beat him. I can't beat him in the ring, but I'll beat him in court. Yeah. 
Tyson talked about it all in his book in 2013 in that one-man Broadway show he did, that Undisputed Truth. Oh, that he, was a good show. He talked about it. You saw it? Oh, I, they I did, did it at, HB, at HBO special, or did you go see it? I believe... Uh, I did not. I know it came to L.A., but I did not uh, ever get a chance to see I it. I believe I saw that, because I remember thinking, like, oh, he has a teleprompter. Oh. Yeah. That would make sense. I think I was backstage for it or something. I That's don't know cool. If I, yeah, I don't yeah, I never got to see it. I know that it did air on HBO. I think they turned it into a TV special as well. such but. a bad memory. So, But I definitely remember watching him from behind, like behind the curtain, uh, reading off a teleprompter. But maybe that was in the movie. <laughs> and you just put yourself into yeah, the movie like, like I you were like, there. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like nah, it's a cooler Brian story. Williamsing myself <laughs> into... <laughs> It's a, it's a way cooler story to just like say, <laughs> yeah, oh, I, mean, like, I went with Jeff Ross and like we were just standing back there because somehow Mike Tyson and Jeff were friends, which is not. A, no, but not it's impossible. like incredibly plausible that somebody would be like, hey, do you want to go watch yeah, Mike Tyson? That's what I mean. Yeah. I'd mean. yeah. be like, sure, why not? Yeah. I finally got a chance to uh, to meet Mike Tyson. He did our show, I think, back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of like crazy surreal, you know, like he's just oh, fumble. He's this guy like you've seen all his greatest hits, like his ESPN stuff, all the, you know, his greatest knockouts. And but he's I'm taller than him. Like, he's not that big. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like 5'10". Oh, and he's he looks so much bigger on punch out. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, And if you see clips of him, this because this was five years ago. So if you've seen clips of him recently, he is going to fight. Again, oh, yeah. he's going to fight Roy Jones in kind of an exhibition bout. So he's back in shape and he's back like super yoked. Yeah. This was five years ago when he was not that. He was coming off of this Undisputed Truth tour that he was doing. With the new new face tattoo, right? When did he get the face No, tattoo? he had the face tattoo. He got the face tattoo back in 2002, but 2003, like- before his fight with Lennox Lewis. But so he had the face tattoo and like, but he was just like super, super chill, like he- heavy medicated. And just kind of like, you know, just kind of Mike. He talk, was this before the talk, hangover or after the hangover? This was after. So this is 2015. Oh, yeah. Way after. And so he was just kind of like super soft and talking, telling stories. <laughs> and like, wow. But then like Rich asked him something like we kind of always ask like older athletes who are still kind of in shape, you know, we're like, how many snaps could you give me right now? Like how many minutes could you give me on the court? Like, and mm-hmm. then Mike was like. Oh, no, I I can't think about ever getting into a ring again because my mind goes to a different place and I don't want to be that person anymore. Yeah, it was such an interesting, like, introspective, like, self-reflective, this guy knows who he is now answer. We were all kind of like, whoa, okay, we won't go there then. Kind of like Ricky Williams, you know, just, like, didn't like hitting people. Yeah, didn't like being hit, didn't like inflicting that pain. Yeah, Mike had, like, lived his life in the ring and... He was on to a new life. This was, of course, five years ago, but lived his life and did it and didn't want to think about those days anymore because he didn't want to switch that switch that sent him to that place where he got in fight mode. I can't imagine, like, how you even get into boxing. Like, anytime I, like, cardio-wise, like, I go, yeah, 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 I could see. You know, I used to take... Uh, boxing lessons from this guy or boxing classes from this guy named Terrible Terry Norris. Mm-hmm. And he was like, a, you know, he fought like Sugar Ray Leonard. I think he was like a, a, a featherweight or something like that. Yeah. But he literally could not speak. Like he was like, okay, yeah. everybody. Do. Like he was yeah, like, yeah, compl- yeah. like it was, but he was in great shape. He's like an amazing athlete still. He just like, he'd been hit so many times in the head yep. that he lost his like motor skills for speaking. Well, yeah, like, just like a Muhammad Ali, it definitely like sped yeah. up his Parkinson's and all that. I just can't imagine like, it's, like uh, it's that tragic. choice. You know, a lot of these guys don't have a choice. It's just something they get into. Well, like know, when he got into environment. it. Wh- well, Mike was a super troubled youth in and out of jail in his early teens. And then he went to this guy, Customato Cust- in uh, Catskills, New York, and kind of took him under his wing, trained him, basically saved him from jail or death you know as mm-hmm. a teenager mm-hmm. and then um rose through the ranks and then boom 18 year old mike tyson hit the world black trunks black shoes right like menace knocking dudes out in 30 seconds yeah and then he became heavyweight the the if you can watch any of these documentaries about mike tyson like the rise is just 
meteorized. Was it Tupac uh, that went to go fall. see that? Was that was that the fight that Tupac went to go see? Yeah, Vander Holyfield. I think it was uh, Tyson Holyfield. Was in it? 90, 96. When Tupac got 90, shot in yeah, Vegas, that's I right. So. I think so. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Very crazy. Yeah. So just this random street. So anyway, the, what's his the, name? Mitch Green. Mitch Green. So the street fight wasn't on this day because obviously that was nineteen ninety eight, but uh, October fifteenth ninety seven. The jury awarded Mitch Green forty five grand in a civil lawsuit against Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson pulled out his wallet and was like, "Yeah, Here. follow up. Do you think Mitch Green ever saw forty five thousand dollars from Mike Tyson?" Wow. I mean, no. Yeah, I do. I want to say so. Okay. I want to say yes. Okay. And? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just asking if you th- if do you think that he ever paid him. You're the worst. <laughs> You're supposed to look this stuff up. No, I, I mean, that's not just known. Okay. Well, it should be known. Yeah. I mean, if he owes it to him, I'm sure he paid it. You're giving Mike Tyson a lot of credit. What do you think a white tiger just showed up and he's like, you can have this and pay it. You can have this white you can tiger. Have this You're gonna have this white tiger instead. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, but Mitch Green. I'm gonna remember that name, so I want to have the confidence of Mitch Green. <laughs> I, I like, want Mitch Green. Conf- Who's Mitch Green? I want oh well, let me Cage tell you. <laughs> to have the confidence of Mitch Green. This guy went up to Mike Tyson <laughs> at a bar. By the way, after don't he had, the second part. After he had been in jail, this was like. No, this is sorry. This is 1988. I keep configuring the right. Yeah, you're, you're the, switching the, the, the two dates. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. But no. anyway, this is height of Mike Tyson. This is heavyweight champ Mike Tyson at a bar and says Dapper Dan's. Dapper Dan's, and I wonder if Dapper Dan's is uh, still around. I I mean, first of all, Dapper Dan's does not sound like a bar in Harlem, but like, and not, so Harlem is like so nice now. So it does, like I'm. Sh- but in 1988, I can't imagine like. Never Dan Bar. Mitch Green. Excuse me. Uh, Mitch Green would like to speak with you. <laughs> like, get well, there was the fuck a guy named here. Dapper Dan who was from Harlem, so maybe it was at that dude's house. I just assumed it was a bar. And there was a lot. You yeah. know, that's where the word honky comes from. Oh yeah. From Harlem, because uh, like uh, at the the prostitute houses, the sex worker houses, mm-hmm. or what are those called? The uh, brothels. Brothels. Um. The white guys were too afraid to get out of their car to go have sex with all the women in Harlem, so they would they would honk, and then the ladies inside would be like, "We got another honky." Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's where the word honky comes from. Fun facts with Sarah Tiana. I know. Oh, oh, so it was. Uh, sorry, Dapper Dan. It wasn't a bar. It was a boutique. A boutique. Yeah, this guy Dapper Dan is a Harl is a famous fashion designer who's from Harlem who owned this boutique, and they got into a fight outside of the boutique. Well, that doesn't. Well, let's cut that part out because that doesn't make the story as fun. <laughs> <laughs> let's stick with honkies and bars in Harlem. In okay, moving <laughs> on. Uh, October sixteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, tennis player Naomi Osaka is born. Oh wow! Yeah, she, she's amazing. So amazing. She is amazing. Uh, so uh, you know, she's been person, the number one player in the world. Uh, she's won a bunch of majors. Uh, yeah, she's awesome. So she was born uh, October sixteenth, ninety seven. She's twenty two years old. She'll be twenty three this week. And how m- she didn't she just win the U.S. Open? Uh, yeah, she just won the U.S. Open. That was her second. Uh, she's also won the Australian Open. Crazy. She's made but she didn't play in this la- in the French, right? She she, she didn't she, did, she yeah. did not play in the French. Yeah. yeah. She wow. uh she It's so crazy when you think of like oh. Oh, this person was born in the year that we're about to talk about on our podcast. I know. So I know. Weird. There were some other birth uh, Jared Goff was also born this <sighs> week in another year. Uh-huh. And so I was like, "Whoa," cuz like normally you kind of look through the list and you're, you know, you're getting like YouTubers and like Disney I know, Disney right. actors and I don't like, know oh, I don't know who any of these people yeah. are, but you know, every once in a while you get uh someone who's hitting it right now and Naomi Osaka, she is amazing. She, so good. She has made $17.7 million in her tennis career so good far. Good for her. Whew. Amazing. I'm sure she's saving it. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, would, I, I would imagine so. I mean, you're too busy to spend it when you're coming up the ranks anyway. Yeah, right? You're unless really you're too busy unless to you're it. to just pull it back to Mike Tyson, unless you're like Mike Tyson buying white tigers and Lamborghinis and but like that was until later. Houses you never live in. That but wasn't that, even until like the mid to late 90s that he started really doing that. No, he did it before. 
because he was doing it kind of on the way up, and then he was so off the rails. Like that's when he, then he went to jail for a few years. Uh huh. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Naomi Osaka. That was Robin Givens, right? That's why I went to. Uh, no, this is Desiree Washington, a oh. a black um, Miss Black America oh. contestant. Yeah. But Robin Givens was the uncomfortable 60 Minutes interview mm-hmm. when I think he was asked if he ever, like, Lay put his hands, hands on her. Yeah. And he said. I don't think they answered. I think she got super un- uncomfortable. Oh. I don't it's remember. It's kind of obvious. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Okay. So uh, Naomi Back Osaka. <laughs> Back to Mitch Green. Okay. Last thing. Last thing. And then we're done. Okay. Uh, this movie ends up being the number one movie next week, but it was released on October 17th, my final day of the week, 1997. Any guesses? I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Did you look at my th- computer? <laughs> no, because that's the week that I'm doing. I'm also doing 1997. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I was going, I ended up not writing about it because I ended up finding a couple of other things to write about. And I was like, ah, it also opened the week before. I was like, I better not just in case. That's something I would do. <laughs> I like doing the movies. I think it's super interesting. I know, I know. The 90s were such a great decade for but movies. It's also, it might be one of the last horror movies I ever saw. Like I. Yeah, this is like was, the big one with so Scream. It was scary. Yeah. This one, was, one, this one was way scarier than Scream, And I, I was think. just like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Like, I don't yeah. like this kind of stuff. Like, I don't even like it when they show a preview for a scary movie yeah, I, when I'm just trying to watch, you know, like Wreck-It Ralph, like an adult <laughs> or whatever, you know, like I, I just like, ugh. I totally don't like scary movies, but I, you know, growing up, you just kind of saw these. You just, you know why I don't like scary movies? Because my sister and my father loved them. And anytime so, like the music would amp up, my dad would grab my leg. I still do that like, to you. I know. <laughs> and I'd be like, ah, you know, and I if you did it to my sister, she'd be like, ha, 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 funny. I, I love doing that to like my mom and sister. Oh, like it's just, you're just, and you just go, ah! and then you, they, you just freak out it's all the, music. the time. It's the music that I hate. I can't stand it. And you know, I scare myself almost every night when I'm closing the door to the house because I see my reflection, reflection. in the glass, yeah. and I think someone's walking into the yeah. house. Yeah. And then, and then, Stupid. genius, you bought a skeleton, a life-size <laughs> skeleton last year at all these, uh, you know, uh, post-Halloween department sales. Well, that's when they're a good price. They're and then off. you put it in the lawn, and you're like, oh, oh, oh it's, no. a, it's a skeleton. It was when it was sitting on the bench in front of my yeah. window that I work at. Come anyway. to my window. <laughs> so, so I anyway, know you did last I know you did last summer. This so. is the this is the yellow raincoat, right? Yeah, this, this is, is the guy with the hook. The fisherman. The, yeah, the, the fish yes. guy on the this hook. This is Sarah Michelle Geller. Sarah Michelle. So monster cast: Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Geller, Ryan Phillippe, Freddie Prinze Jr. Uh, written by the guy who wrote Scream, Kevin Williamson. So this guy wrote Scream that came out the year before. Mm-hmm. Huge monster Huge. hit, monster hit. And then this guy wrote another one. I know what you do last summer. So this is the one where they are on spring uh, summer vacation together and they like hit a guy and then just roll his body into the lake. And then the next year, all, this, all of a sudden a note appears. I know what you did last oh, summer. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, this yeah. guy with the hook kind of. I, I honestly don't remember who, um, what happened or who's the killer guy. Uh, the I, killer guy. I don't remember the guy. Is that the, what, the guy with the hook? The guy as? with the hook. What's the name the of hook the guy? guy. The hook. The killer guy. What's I honestly name? don't remember who the hook guy is. Mm-hmm, but Johnny G- Johnny Galecki is also in this movie. Not prepared. Didn't do my research. Not prepared. I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw this movie. Nineteen ninety-seven, probably nineteen ninety-seven, exactly, or maybe nineteen ninety-eight. You do that to me all the time. Bridget Wilson also in I this saw movie. It one time. Bridget Wilson. You get mad at Mrs. me all the Pete time. Mrs. Pete Sampras. And I don't remember. And Hayesh. <laughs> enough about a movie. And I'm like, I saw it once. Well, I also don't like scary movies. So I'm not like, this isn't like a rewatchable for me. <laughs> you know, this isn't like, oh, it's also not ever on. But it's not like Shawshank where I'm just like, oh, remote drop. I know what you did last summer. Oh, this is the hook guy gets it. The hook guy, the killer guy. That's what you called him, not the hook guy. What did I call the him? Killer guy. The killer guy. Is this where Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince met? 
Is this the movie they mm. met on? Because I remember they did Scooby Doo together after, but I think they were already together when they did that. Oh, Scooby Doo! I remember Ryan that Phillippe and Reese bomb, Witherspoon right? met on. Um, oh yeah, Crim- uh, Cruel Intentions. Cruel Intentions. Great movie. I don't Great know. Great soundtrack. I, I never saw that one. You didn't? It was basically dangerous. I think it was like a remake of Dangerous Liaisons, but. Uh, but with like younger kids, I, again, I don't, yeah. know, I don't Sarah know what Michelle it's about. Geller, Reese, yeah. I don't know what it's about. Reese, Blair. Reese Witherspoon, hey, what's up? Ryan Phillippe, yeah. Ryan Phillippe, yeah, cool guy. Uh, so anyway, that was uh, I know what you did last summer. They made a they made a bunch of others after. I still know what you did last summer. <laughs> I'll always know what you did last summer. That's, by the way, That's so the I key. still the funny thing is I still know what you did last summer. It came out the next year, mm-hmm. which is fine. I get it. This movie it was a monster. Seventeen million dollar budget made one hundred and twenty five million dollars. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you're definitely making a sequel to this movie. It was of such course. a huge the hit. The studios are gonna, you know, like so that comes out the next year. I still and then ten years later they're like, let's run this back. <laughs> I'll always know what you uh-huh. did last. Like I bet that was a straight to DVD. I bet that didn't come out in theaters. You're probably right. But you know why pe- they make those? It was uh, straight to I DVD. Good, always good get call. upset at these dumb sequels, and it's because they do so well internationally. They need, they yeah. make no money here, but you don't have to understand English to understand what's going on hmm. in a scary movie or a big action movie. That's why The Rock is so huge, or like oh, those action movies do so well. They do so well yeah, overseas, yeah, yeah. so they're it's you know, it's like. Uh, you know, Titans of the Universe or whatever, right. you know, action movie they make. And then, you know, it's like Fantastic Four, 11 or whatever. <laughs> I don't know yeah, how yeah, many yeah. They make, but this is also one of those things with like, I, this was definitely a 90s thing. I've noticed this with other movies that I've, that I've researched uh, throughout the course of the podcast so far, where the movie poster is just like everyone's torsos and they're just looking. <laughs> You ever notice that? I also think movie posters from the '90s were pretty iconic. You know what well, I like, mean? What, like, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The black and white. Yeah, it's, black and like what it is. everyone's kind of looking off in the distance. It's more of a youth thing. It's because it. I think it's because you have all these good-looking young young kids that teenagers and preteens and you know like early twenty-year-olds are like in love with. Yeah. And so you have to put their faces on there. You can't just put a guy in a yellow slicker. That's true. <laughs> you That's have true. to put all the hot. I mean, Jennifer Love Hewitt was 18. Let's see. Sir Michelle <laughs> Geller was 20. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, why you would do the movie I mean, you don't have like to that. keep staring at it like you're like, she was. 18. <laughs> I'm just saying Jennifer Great. Love Hewitt for, you know, guys my age that year, like, like her boobs are on the movie poster. <laughs> like, Well, that's what they're selling. But she's 18 years old there. Like, what are we doing? Be mm-hmm. a little more responsible, studio. <laughs> Come on. I mean, yeah. Just let me examine this for another two minutes while yeah. you just fill some time, vamp. Yeah. I know what you didn't do last summer. <laughs> <laughs> I know you... <laughs> That's probably why you didn't do any of your homework. You're too busy looking at that poster. When oh, I've watched college. I Know What You Did Last Summer like four times this week. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. Ahead. That's it. That's it. This week, not a lot. Not a lot happened. It's but, still uh, fun. That's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, we tried. You got anything else? Anything, do I? Anything you want to promote? <laughs> Next week, I will also be doing 1997. So watch out. Oh. By the way, I did a back-to-back week too. You did earlier. The earlier, you couldn't have done back-to-back. You always start. No, no. I mean, I did. Uh, I followed up your week with with the same year once. Oh, earlier on the podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, I was like <laughs> two weeks apart. How am I supposed to remember? Or a week? No, apart? this is this is like early on. This might have been like five or episode four to five. Or Do something. you forgive me? No, sleep on the couch. <laughs> oh, awesome. The couch is very comfortable. That's true. The couch <laughs> is very comfortable. Uh, you can sleep with the dog on the couch. All right, everybody. Uh, hit us up on all the socials uh, at Week in the 90s Pod. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Mitch Green. <laughs> 45. Does Mitch Green have a Twitter? Is Mitch Green still boxing? Oh, I was going to say, is Mitch Green still with us? 
<laughs> That's true. Uh, no, he uh, confronted Floyd Mayweather at a uh, Payless shoe source. <laughs> he, said he owed him $75 for uh, that Manny Pacquiao fight that he paid for. <laughs> we all want our fucking money back. And then he died. <laughs> no, I actually, it looks like Mitch Green is still alive. By the way, kudos to me for remembering all those names. What, I Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather? You mean only the most famous boxers of the Payless last decade? Payless shoe stores. <laughs> I mean, they still have Payless shoe stores. Why can't you give me a little credit? I'm just saying, like, remembering things that are still around and of, pe- and of people who are anything. super famous. Okay, great job. Congrat- you did great. The Braves won. I'm not going to give you any crap. That was amazing. <laughs> I want I'm going to give you crap because you were like, you guys just stole one. Good for you. No, and I'm like, I, we did not look, steal look, one. I mean, we that worked very hard and we won. Outright. Obviously, I just mean you stole it in the sense that you're not the favorite and you got game one. So that means then there's no home yeah. field advantage. So when but you say steal one, I think like, oh, they made an error and that's how we got to run. It. Oh, no, like, that's, that's not, not what, that's not what I mean. how it happened. That's not what I mean. You guys definitely <laughs> smoked them. Walker Buehler had his career high for walks tonight. I know. It was That's great. That's crazy. It was great. That's how you're going to win, though. And guess who's pitching tomorrow? Playoff Kershaw. Yeah. Choke City. <laughs> all right, everybody. Week in the 90s pod. Thanks for listening. Uh, like I said, hit us up on all the sh- socials. Tell your friends. Send and us pictures uh, of yourself in 1997. Oh, my gosh. Please. Please send us pictures of you in 1997. That will be hilarious. Yeah, because I put out pictures of me. You need more pictures That's of true. You. I'm not really good about that. I did ask my mom like two weeks ago. Um, it, was, it, was my, it was my brother's birthday, and I, she actually sent me a photo from his 11th birthday, and I forgot to post it. So maybe I'll do it retroactively. Uh, I'll just tell her to find stuff of me playing football this week. That's what the people there want. You, yeah, the people want... Me what I want, I need playing something football to roast. in high school. Oh, I was such a baby face back then. Like 165 pounds. How was I a starting football player <laughs> for a high school? Like, it's really dumb. I had a cannon for an arm, though. <sighs> All right. I'm going to tell her more about my cannon right <laughs> yeah. arm uh, while we lay in bed. But thank you, everyone, for listening. And, uh, hey, we'll see you next time. This week in the 90s podcast.